Welcome to the sermons of First Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor James Hunick, and I hope that these sermons help edify you and help you in your Christian faith. Please join us on Sundays for worship at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. with a Bible study in between. If you'd like to know more about us or want to know more about the Lutheran tradition, please visit us at www.youhaveaplace.com or reach out to me at pastorhunick at youhaveaplace.com. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas! It is joyful to be able to wish you all a Merry Christmas uh, once again as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. I love Christmas movies, and we in our household have a stable of movies that we like to watch around this time of year. It's interesting to see what they say the meaning of Christmas really is. We watch things like The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Either the old short version with the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. It's a good one, right? Or the new one with Jim Carrey. What is the meaning of Christmas there? It's about community, right? The whole point of that movie is, it's not the presence, it's about getting together and singing nonsense songs. Dabu Doris, right? Whatever that is. What about It's a Wonderful Life? What's the meaning of that one? I have to admit, I haven't seen it in a long time because I think it's the most boring movie ever made. I know. I know, breaking your hearts. But there's something about the, uh, the person being a place, a cog in society, and that everything depends on all of us working together. Oh yeah, and every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. The meaning of Christmas. What about Miracle on 34th Street? The importance of believing in Santa, right? That's kind of what it's about. Nobody believes it's actually the Santa. Christmas Story, one of my favorites. It's all about a family that's, well, kind of quirky, a little weird, but they're together. I had one for Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I thought, coming into watching it last night, that the meaning of Christmas there was a family that gets together. But having seen it, I realized that the meaning of Christmas is how great it is to get a bonus check. Which is really, everything is terrible until he gets some money. And then they celebrate. Do you notice what's missing in every single one of those Christmas movies? Absolutely. Jesus. Hidden behind all of the things that we watch on television, or the things in the celebrations in our culture, hidden behind all of that is the actual reason we are gathered here today. The celebration of the incarnation of the Son of God as Jesus Christ, 
born to poor parents in a faraway land who had to hustle off to Bethlehem so that they could register for a tax that was coming, living in a relative's house that was so full with the other relatives who came that day that they had to stay with the animals. A poor child who was the king. That's what our readings today are all about. About a hidden king underneath the poverty of Mary and Joseph. Not just a king, God himself who comes down to lie in a manger about that big. Right? Jesus is a king who is hidden. Our Old Testament reading for today talks about the reign of the king, God himself. It says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. That's the message of Christmas. Your God reigns. In Isaiah's day, this would have been a message of hope that someone would come and free the people from oppression. This time, oppression from an army. Nations like Assyria or Babylon or Persia or later the Romans would send armies into Israel and take over. And the people would expect a king. Someone like King David who rode around on a chariot, who had a sword and a spear. They wanted a king on a throne full of power with a sword in his fist. And they'd look back at the mighty kings like David and say, will there ever be a king like this again? Will someone come to save us? But the mystery of today is that God reigns over all of creation, even without a king. What they missed at that time is publishing this message, your God reigns, was that God was actually the one behind Assyria and Babylon, sending the armies to punish an unfaithful Israel. And giving them a promise that he is the one behind everything. That even behind all of this sadness that they were experiencing, he would not forget them. In Isaiah 10, God calls Assyria the rod of his anger. And then he says, because they took it too far, he would punish them as well. You see, God would reign over Israel, whether there was a king on the throne or not. God reigns. And we can see that from thousands of years later. As we look at the history of Israel, and we see them go from uh, conquered by Assyria to conquered by Babylon, off in exile, and then finally back 
And we see how God's plan was laid out over the years to lead us to the glorious day of Jesus Christ. That there would be a king who was born in Bethlehem, just as Isaiah predicted it. And that everything would happen exactly the way Isaiah said throughout all of history. Your God reigns. That's the method and message of Christmas. For us, the story of Christmas is kind of similar to those expectations. Human beings always expect a king to come with power, right? The Son of God, though, is born in that poor family. He spends his first nights lying in a feed trough next to the animals. It's so strange, isn't it, for a king? Nobody expected that way. Nobody in Israel, nobody who was far away. And we know that because when the wise men hear about the king of the Jews and they see the star, they don't go to the town of Bethlehem, do they? They go to Jerusalem to Herod the king where the palace is, where the soldiers are, where the gold is and the might and the power. They expected a king on a throne full of power with a sword in his fist and they expected it to be a king like that. And they went, where is this new baby king? And the news shook Herod, and rightly so, because he wasn't in charge. God was. You couldn't see it if you only looked at the soldiers. You couldn't see it if you only looked at the gold and the parades and the power and the catapults and whatever they had. But if you knew the message of Isaiah, you would know your God reigns. And he is there in a manger in Bethlehem, hiding behind this tiny child, ruling over all of creation. The king has come. God has become man. Your God reigns. That's the message that we have on Christmas Day, the message for all of us, and the message of Jesus' ministry. When he was baptized, he went out and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. And if you looked behind him, there were no soldiers, no spears, no armor. No wagons or treasury or anything like that. It was service and miracle. He didn't amass wealth or power. He didn't do it any way, any way that anyone would expect. They wanted a king on a throne with, full of power with a sword in his fist. But that wasn't Jesus. Even Peter wanted that, right? When Jesus started to say what he would do, where he would be crowned by being lifted up on a cross, Peter said, no way. You're going to fight and you're going to win. And it was the opposite. Jesus would go and die on a cross and lifted up to his throne, which wasn't made out of gold, but wood and nails. 
with a crown that wasn't made out of precious gems, but thorns. And then he would die and rise from the dead and ascend into heaven where now he sits at God's right hand, reigning over all of creation. It's just not what you'd expect if you thought that our God was the kind of king that everybody expects. You see, even today, we think that when we hear the message, your God reigns, that it should be powerful. It should be exciting. It should be big and loud, and it should win all the time. We don't have a message like a king anymore. We in America, we don't think kings are winning. What do we do? It's the tech gurus. Steve Jobs is kind of the ultimate epitome, which is why so many churches look like tech guru speeches, right? An empty stage and a giant screen and a guy in skinny jeans. And we look at those pastors and we say, Look how successful they are. They're big and powerful and strong. They're exciting and amazing. But what are they missing? Jesus. The King. Your God reigns not in power and might, with a throne, with a sword. He reigns in hidden ways just as he always had, just in the same way he did when he came on earth. And yet we still want something to be powerful. We want a worship experience that excites us and gets us moving, even though Taylor Swift can do the same thing, can't she? Maybe it's more about those emotions than it is about the Holy Spirit. We want Christians who live the way we preach, right? We preach the good news of Jesus Christ and it's all about love and service and then we don't do it, right? And we get mad at the church because it's filled with sinners who aren't Jesus. And yet, your God reigns. He reigns here, yet in hidden ways. He reigns here through the word and sacraments. In the same way he lived, the same way he died, he is hidden in the message of the gospel. And the message is, your God reigns. And that he is coming back again. And on that day, it will no longer be hidden. The king who is on the throne in heaven will finally come with the power and might we expect. And he will make all things new. Until then, he stays hidden. Behind the words of a faithful pastor in a congregation that may have five or 5,000 people. Under the bread and the wine in our congregation. And every place where God's people gather. The message is, your God reigns. In his name, 
Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermons. If you have any questions about anything that you've heard or anything about the Lutheran tradition, I would love to answer them. Please contact me at Pastor H U E N I N K at youhaveaplace.com.